0: I wanted to talk about Samuel, but in wanting to talk about Samuel, you kind of have to talk about Hannah first. At least that's what the Lord led on my heart. But uh, before we get, how about we turn to Galatians chapter 6, kind of give you a little theme verse, what I was. Galatians chapter 6. Very popular verse. And we've all heard this verse. Everybody in the, has heard these two verses, repeated their memory verses. All of us could probably quote it. But there's one verse after it that's really helpful. As with all the Word of God, you just keep reading, and you're like, man, I could have used that alone. I, I should have just kept reading you know, and I love that about the Lord. He's like, well, you just didn't really need it right now, but you'll need it later. So he gives you what you need. He's faithful. Amen. But the Bible says there in Galatians chapter six and verse number seven says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth. That shall he also reap. We also, we all know this verse. And so for he that soweth to his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting then there's this verse right here, verse 9, and it'll help you. It says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You know, it's just, uh, you don't get to see fruit right away. Right? You plant a seed and <laughs> you're not eating an apple tomorrow. <laughs> It's not the way it works. You don't get it. You're going to have to, it's going to have to go through some stuff. If you're ever going to get an apple off that tree, it's going to have to go through some seasons. You know, um, I remember this one guy told this illustration and praise God, I've, I haven't forgot it yet. But these guys built all these, uh, they had these trees inside this like huge, ginormous greenhouse. Able to grow up like 30 some feet, 40 some feet tall. He said they always reached like this 40, and I don't remember the exact height, but they'd get to a certain height, and then they'd go whoop, poof, and just fall right over. And they couldn't figure out why these trees would just grow all the way up this height and then just poof, fall over. And they finally figured, you know why it was? Because it it didn't have any resistance. They were feeding it. They were watering it all right. But you know what? It never experienced any wind. Never experienced any any Hardness. Nothing ever just to strengthen those roots up. No, no nothing. Nothing. No strength. It would just, it looked good, but it fell right over. It just fainted. You know, the Christian life is kind of like that. You're like, man, you see all these people and they're out here and they're, they're, they're profiting in their ways. They're just, they're doing wicked and they're, they're making money and they just, they got all these things and here I am. I'm just, I'm doing the best I can. I'm serving the Lord and I'm just, why does it seem like I'm right here in just this little spot right here? Have you, have you ever felt that way before? I mean, I have. I'm just going to be honest. but don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You don't just want to kick in there and be like them. There's always a fight. There's always going to be somebody there that's going to say something bad about you. It's impossible that offenses will not come. That's what the Lord said. You know, you're going to get offended. Somebody ain't going to like you. They're going to say they don't like you. What are you going to do? Be not weary in well-doing. In due season we shall reap if we faint not. You just can't beat on them as much as I'd love to as a man. <laughs> it's in my nature. I try to be that new creature. I don't want to do that. But but I read that verse, now think about Samuel, what he had to go through all that. Now starting to get started to get try to get through that with with the kids, and you know where Samuel's at when he heard the heard the word of God, and you know you gotta go back there, so turn over there for 1 Samuel chapter number one, and I think it wasn't only just Samuel that had to go through that, but Hannah did Hannah went through a lot, I mean. A lot. She's got her prophetic prayer. Chapter number two. And the stuff she had to go through and the way she's able to do it was just like, wow. She didn't faint. She kept on going. She got stronger. And I'll tell you what, that encourages me reading through that cuz sometimes you just you know you you go out there in the world and like you said you get weary I don't get to see you guys all but twice a week I don't get to see how you're doing oh man I got to go through this and I got to go through that You know what I do I get I get to read this and I you know what they went through that They went through that and got through that with the Lord They were able to handle it this way whereas I wouldn't have They were the example these were written here for our learning. And they encouraged me. First Samuel chapter number 1. We're just going to read all, all the way this through, through ch- just about Hannah. I didn't want to take nothing away from her. Or discredit her, so to speak. You know what I mean? So we just... For sake of to learn all that what Hannah did in these few verses, we're just going to read them all. And I'll go through here. I got this little outline, and but the word of God is the power. Let's read. First book of first Samuel, chapter number one says, Now there was a certain man of Ramathim Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf and Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons, Eli, two sons of Eli, excuse me, Hophni and Phineas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkin offered, he gave to Penina his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year went she up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept. And did not eat. Then said Elkanah her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? Am I a typical man right there? I'm just going to say. (laughs) All the ladies are like, that was your chance to say amen right there. We're going to keep reading. We're going to keep reading. All right. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat down upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, <clears throat> if thou wilt indeed look upon look upon the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and forget not thine handmaid, but will give it unto thine handmaid, a man-child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head." And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought that she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunken neither wine wine. "'Nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. "'Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, "'but for, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief "'have I spoken hitherto.' "'Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, "'and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition "'that thou hast asked of him. "'And she said, Let, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. "'So the woman went her way and did eat, And her countenance was no more sad. Man, I like that. And they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah and his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore, it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned. And then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah her husband said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good. Tarry until thou hast weaned him, only the Lord establish his word." So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him she took, it, took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young and they slew a bullock and brought in that brought the child to Eli and she said oh my lord as thy soul liveth my lord i am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the lord for this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me thy, my petition, which I have asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, shall he be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Now we get into Hannah's prayer. And this just goes right down. We'll finish right there in verse number 10. I and mean, I love this. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceedingly proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge and by him actions are weighed. The, the bows of mighty men are, are broken and they that are stumbled are girded with strength. They that are full have hired out themselves for bread and they that were hungry seized so that the barren hath born seven and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and he maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar out of the dunghill. Amen. So, so to set them among princes and to make them inherit the, throne of glory, for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he that hath set the world upon them. And he will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder out upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king, and exalt the horn of his anointed. And that's pretty much except for verse Number 19 of there, Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it unto him for year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And that's about it. That's all you get to read about Hannah. Which is quite a bit if you study it out. I mean, I just can't... I mean, I'm kind of glad my wife's not here. I'm bragging on Hannah. You know what I mean? (laughs) No, but Hannah is remarkable as far as a woman goes. I mean, she just, I got it written down here. I just got these, these outlined. You know what she was? She was a saint. She's a saint. She says right there in verse, chapter number 2 and verse 1, Hannah says, and I prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. And there's a lot of things out there that people's hearts rejoice in, but I'll tell you what, your heart rejoices in the Lord, that's a good thing. Especially when you're just going to read about all the things that Hannah just went through. Be not weary in well-doing. So you're going to reap if you faint not. You're going to have to rejoice in something. <laughs> Might as be, well be the one that saved you. I mean, I like that. You know what? Uh, she knew God was the only answer. Might take you a little while sometimes to get to that point. But that is the only answer. There is none. Verse number two, there is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. She knew he was the only one. He was the only way. He was the only answer. Verse number six, the Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. He's in charge of all that. He was the one. He's the only one. He's the one that deliver and help. Verses 7, 8, and 9. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar out of the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. I mean, I've been in that dunghill. I ain't been sent among princes, but I mean, from where I was to where I've been now, I know the Lord's lifted me up and set me up over here. I don't need to go on back in there. I mean, some of y'all know my testimony. When I read these verses and I read that, I say, yeah, that's right. The Lord's the only one that's ever done that for me. Just not be weary and well-doing. Just keep on sewing, Keep on reading. Keep on doing good. Don't faint. Just press on. Keep going. That's what Hannah did. But you got to know God. I want to make it all about Hannah. I mean, there's some men here. So I can't. What's amazing is how well this goes with David's chapter 62, Psalm 62. So if you would, wouldn't you just turn there? Psalm chapter 62. Keep your place there. Where did my bookmark go? Psalm chapter 62 almost reads identically, I mean not identically, but really close with Hannah's prayer. David says, Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. I like what Pastor said about that, and you know, waiting. Waiting is not, <laughs> it ain't doing this. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry there's a chair up there I didn't have to, I, forgot. I didn't have to do that. This is not waiting. <laughs> you know, as much as we like to think it is. I was waiting for my food, you know. We it's it's that's not the context here. You can still keep going and serving the Lord and keep going out and waiting on the Lord. Going out and doing something. Look at Gideon, he was threshing wheat still. You know what I mean? All these people were doing something. Elijah was out plowing with oxen. He was waiting. You know what I mean? He was, he was serving. That's what that means. Don't be weary and well doing and just wait. Just sit there. Don't do nothing. Truly, my soul waiteth upon God for him cometh my salvation. If anybody that wasn't waiting, it was David. That guy went everywhere. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he was always doing something and Sometimes he was doing stuff he wasn't supposed to be doing. Amen. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. I like how David throws in that greatly. Later on, he says he's not going to be moved, but he says, man, I, it ain't going to be greatly moved. You ain't going to change my mind about God. You can't move me on this subject. Nothing's going to separate me from him. You ain't going to be greatly moved. How long will you imagine, verse number three, how long will you imagine mischief against a man? We can do that sometimes. Hey Amen. Somebody says something bad about you. Somebody hurts you in the wrong way. Somebody hurts your family. God forbid. They just, Penina just vexed her hand until she was sore, made her fret, and I hate fretting. You ever fret before? Just get all worked up about something somebody said or how they treat you, then you start imagining stuff. Oh, I'll say this about them. I'll say this. Better not. Better just take that to the Lord in prayer. You'd be better off just saying, Lord, I cannot stand that guy. Lord, I don't like that person. Can you fix that? Can I? I don't want to keep on the point, but you, that's how it should go. As soon as you get those, th- you should pray for him And watch what the Lord do to your heart. Watch what the Lord might do to their heart. That's why I I got to, I got to stop. I mean, the stuff I've prayed and the stuff I've seen in this church that I can't even repeat just because I've prayed for people. And I say that just be any, I mean, Lord said, I'm listening and you're growing, Mike. Now you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Don't try fixing it yourself. You you let the Lord fix that. (laughs) He's better solving problems than anybody else. How long will you imagine mischief against a man? You shall be slain, all of you, as a bowing wall shall be, and as a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. There's a lot of that going on today. Lies everywhere. You can't. Everything they teach it in the school. It's so upsetting. I've kind of tried to get that because sometimes we can get. And this is just a little side note. Sometimes we can get distracted <clears throat> and start hating those people, and we get upset with them. And I get it. I get it. And I start getting angry with those people. I think it was the Holy Spirit I was talking. You know what? You ought to just hate it was those lies. Not against that person, no matter what they are. I'm against the lies that they're telling. They're not of the truth. They're not in the way. They're not in the life. They're of their father, the devil, and of the lies from the beginning. It's just lies. Am I making sense? I want to have a heart for people. But the devil get in there and kind of turn you a little bit make you hate them when all they're just they're just trusting in the lies they're not trusting in the Lord everybody needs the truth Lord says it's written on their heart maybe we'd be the one to show it to them they delight in lies they bless with their mouth but inward but they curse inwardly my soul my soul Wait thou only upon God, for my my soul. Wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. I'm almost speechless here. Have you been? I expect from the Lord when I pray. I don't get falsely accused towards Him till you know, or get disgruntled a little bit. How come it didn't work out like that? But I trust in the Lord that He's got this thing figured out. I'm praying for Pastor, but can I, I think Pastor's gonna be fine. I believe when Pastor's up here preaching, I think he thinks he's gonna be fine. Amen! Cause his expectation's from the Lord! Hannah's expectation was from the Lord. Samuel's expectation was from the Lord. It's a good point to be at in your life when it's like that. And not get mad at him when it's not, but just to increase your faith. Have that. He's faithful. He only, here it is again He only is my rock and my salvation. He's my defense. I shall not be moved. Johanna understood this. David understood this. This is the third time he said salvation. It's the second time he said defense. How often you thank the Lord for your salvation? verse number 7, and God is my salvation he says it again and my glory the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God you know what that refuge is? it's a safe place you hear all those stories man people just going through concentration camps and this and that and wars and You know what helped them? The Lord. God was their refuge. God helped them get through that. You know who helped Hannah? Wasn't her husband. (laughs) You know what I mean? Aren't I good enough? She didn't even say nothing. She goes, I'm gonna go pray. (laughs) Read your Bible, that's what happens. She's like, "Ah, I'm gonna go pray. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I mean, I know it's true. It's a safe place. It's the fourth time he's mentioned salvation. It's the third time he's mentioned the rock. Verse number 8 says, Trust in Him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. I like that. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lead not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Great memory verse from these kids. That was one of the first few ones I learned. And I'm thankful for it. It'll help you. Trust Him at all times. And I like it, it says, pour out your heart before Him. You know, God knows what's in your heart. You read through here and read through Chronicles and read through Kings. And he says, they did with that which is the of the Lord, but he didn't do it with the right heart. And you're going to try to sit there and pray to God. Hate somebody in your heart and try to hide that. Hannah didn't. David didn't. You better just get it right with the Lord. I said Hannah was a saint. That's the part we're on. I haven't even got to the other one. Hannah's a saint. David says this. Look, I mean, Psalm 62, that's verse 8. Pour out your heart before Him. Talking about God. God is a refuge for us. Look at this. Look at Psalm chapter 66 and verse number 18. It's right across from mine. It says if I regard iniquity in my heart, <clears throat> the Lord will not hear me. That's pretty self explanatory. Better just get it right. Like how the Mold preacher said, better just keep it clean slate. Just keep it clean. And if he said you got a problem with somebody, like Hannah had a problem with Penina. Just tell the Lord about it. Her heart rejoiced in the Lord. You ain't going to be able to hide it from God. Look at verse number 9. Surely men of low degree are vanity, and men of high degree are lie. To be laid in the balance, they are altogether lighter than vanity. I like what it says in there. When you read further through there, with uh, Hannah, and he gets over to those priests' sons, Eli's, Eli's sons, Hophni and Phineas, and it says they were sons of Belial, which and it says they knew not the Lord, which they didn't even know God. And these guys were the priests, which is crazy. But it goes on after that, and it's this man of God comes up and and he says what tells him what the Lord says, and the Lord says this in First Samuel chapter two: it says God says, them that honor me will I honor. And then that despise me will I lightly esteem. goes right there with that verse number nine. That's what God's considered about. You honoring him? And those that despise me? He said, "Oh man, I'm going to lightly esteem them." The Pastor talking about relationships, too. People that lightly esteem the Lord and the Lord ain't in all their thoughts. They could care less about the Bible. God's going to lightly esteem them. Verse number 10 says, Trust not in oppression and become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. I mean, that's them thorns. God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. That's that horn that Hannah was talking about. That power. Also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy, for thou renderest to every man according to his work. And what you reap, what you sow. And it goes right there with it. Turn back over there to first Samuel. Continuing on that thought that Hannah was a saint is, uh, look at First Samuel chapter 1 and verse number 17, 18, you know, the word of God made it that she wasn't sad anymore. Then Eli answered, said, go in peace and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the women went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. You know, did that God. And this is right after she said in verse number 15, no, excuse me, verse number 10, and she was in what? Bitterness of soul. I tell you though, you can be there in your life going through some hard stuff, the hardest it's ever been. People just ain't around you. Your husband ain't doing no good for you. You ain't got no friends. I mean, it's like a bad country music song. You know what I'm saying? And Eli answered, said, go in peace. The God of Israel grant thee thy petition. There's that word of the Lord just came to her. Thy handmaid find grace in thy sight. She went her way was no more sad. Especially after being falsely accused of being a drunk. I don't think that would have been my response. <laughs> but it was Hannah's. That Word of God came in there. It changed her heart. Man, that's what I was praying for, that answer. And all of a sudden, you see that answer and it comes to you and you're like, hope. 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 Hope's a help. Jesus is a help. The Lord's a help. His Word will help you. It'll bring you out of your sadness. It'll bring you joy. I wonder about Christians who don't have joy. Amen. Because there is a peace that pass- passeth all understanding. Like when all this stuff is going on and you just have a peace about it. And you still can read and have a joy about it. That's kind of where I liked, I like, (laughs) sorry Hannah, thanks for going through that. It encouraged me. When I read it. I go a little further and I start reading about all the stuff Samuel had to be around as a little boy, as a child ain't much different than what's going on right now. I said, wow, it's just just like it was today. Encouraged me. The Word of the Lord. She was a saint. The Word of God made her no more sad. How about this? Hannah was a saint. She was of a sorrowful spirit. First chap first verse number fifteen, and Anna, excuse me, and Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord I and mean, turn over there, hold your spot there, turn over there to ephesians we'll just hit this verse real quick, ephesians chapter five. What was Hannah being accused of? Being drunk. She being a drunk. Look at this verse. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18. And be not drunk with wine, whereas in excess, but be ye filled with the spirit. And that's Hannah right there. She filled with the spirit. Not the spirits that Eli was talking about. But uh, she definitely spirit filled. Yeah, you know, I've been been in one of those services, hug and service. You ever been in one of those services? I remember the first time, anyhow. Somebody's of a sorrowful spirit. This guy gets up and tells a horrible story, of all that happened to him in his life, and one guy walked up there and gave this man a hug. And it broke out. Everybody just started going up and giving this person a hug. And you know what it turned into? It turned into a bunch of... I'll just say it, man. There was, there was, there was emotions there. I'm worried about people who don't have emotions too. I really am. God gave them for your reason. Amen. You're not just supposed to be... Robot. Anyhow... Everybody came up and started giving them a hug. And you know what it seemed like after a little bit? It seemed like some of the people was drunk. But they wasn't. When the Catholic Church, they weren't offering wine at the beginning when they came in. And I remember Brother Sean Tabb, Brother Brad Whitbrock asked him to get up and he said, why don't you come up and he's going to try to have another man come up and preach. Sean Tabb says, you know what? And he's of a sorrowful spirit. And Brother Sean Tabb, is, this guy's been taking his kids all around, traveling or evangelism since, ever since I've been saved. His kids are older than my sons now. And that's all they've ever done. I just look at him and go, how do you do it? I remember one time I asked him that in private, how do you do it? And he just looks at me, and he smiles, and he, gets, he gets happy when somebody asks him that. He's like, it's all I know, Brother Mike. <laughs> I'm like, wow. You know, and you now he starts weeping. That a sorrowful spirit, man. I just need some prayer. And that whole church come up there. I mean, the whole church, the pews. I'm talking a church like filled, like seats like this filled. He's up here singing. That whole church was up on that auditorium, hugging and praying for him. I'm just talking about being filled with the Spirit. If you are sitting back there in the crowd and you were an unbeliever, you probably think, man, these what are these guys drunk? I look at it and I know the Lord was there. Sometimes I miss it. When the Lord's presence just comes in there and you see it, it changed your life. God's presence will change your life. You get involved in that book, you start praying and you need it and God's presence comes in there and people start helping you out. Amen, it'll help you. wrap this up Hannah was a saint she she worshiped the lord First Samuel turn back over to First Samuel I apologize <clears throat> Hannah worshiped the lord First Samuel 119 It says, and they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord. You know what? She's able to do it during the good. That was right after. She was joyful. But she's also able to do it when it was going through the bad. Look at verse 3. Verse number 3 of chapter 1. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice. There's the worship. Um. Verse number five, but Hannah gave a worthy portion and she loved Hannah, but the Lord shut her womb and her adversary also provoked her sore to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. How often did this lady do that? Year by year. Verse seven. Penina, she was just a lovely lady. That was a joke. But you know what? She'd worship the Lord during the good and she'd worship Him during the bad. even after Elijah accused her of being a drunk. She says, you know what, the Lord, that verse made me happy. I'm just going to, I'm going to go worship the Lord. I'm going to pray unto Him. I'm going to sing unto Him. I'm going to pour out my heart before Him. I'm just going to love on the Lord. I'm going to worship Him. with all that I have. Verse number 9, chapter number 2. You know what? God kept Hannah's feet. And He will keep the feet of His saints. And the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. You know the way she handled everything? I couldn't have done it like that. I couldn't have. I'm still trying. But sometimes there's people knowing to push the right buttons. But the Lord kept her feet. She's a saint. The Lord kept her feet. You know who the Lord didn't keep? was old Jezebels. You know why he didn't keep Jezebel's you can just read about that you know what he did with Jezebel's feet he left them behind you ever read that story guy pulls that forget Je- Jehu I forget after reading it, I apologize pushed her out the pushed her out the window dogs come up that's right you think about that the dogs that's what the Lord thought of her All that was left behind her, the dogs ate her, left her skull, left her hands and left her feet. And the rest of it, the Lord said, he said, they got spread like dung all over the hills. That's the word of the Lord. And if you know anything about dogs, they like coyotes and all them, they just, they they pee and poo on everything they want. I mean, they're just nasty. Lord says, you know what? That's what I think of this lady. I'm going to leave her feet behind. But you know what I'm going to do with the feet of the saints? He said, I'm going to keep them. But that lady, old Jezebel? Nope, not her. And I do would like to say that God did give them many, many, many times to repent. I don't think know if there's a better... Example of a person that God extended more grace to and more mercy than Ahab. I mean, I'm just like, buddy, how, you just don't get it. You know what I mean? It's just, you're just like, I'm serious. I read that through. I mean, I I haven't put a study on it together yet. Maybe I might just do Ahab, but you'd think after Elisha did, called that, the fire down, that he would have got right. You know, he just, then he kills off all those prophets. Ahab, no, no. Nope, I'm going to go covet a vineyard. That's the next one. I'm going to covet a vineyard. And you know what Jezebel does? Why are you sad? And He's sad. He should be happy. Now he knows who the Lord is, like Hannah, like David. No, he's got this wicked wife, and she's just going to go, oh, you're sad? Oh, here, I'll make it better. I'll just forge this, forge this. And we'll just kill that guy. See, now you got a vineyard. Oh, well, oh great. You're like, what in the world? It's crazy. That's what's going to happen in a really short Mike Nimitz version. But Hannah's feet were kept. Hannah was a saint. I got four more points, and I'm going to save those. <laughs> so but uh you know what? we can all strive to be more of a saint. Off Hannah's example tonight. off David's example of God's example. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for this book. Lord, thank you for David. Lord, thank you for Hannah. Lord, thank you for this, just Lord, your truth that you've given us. Lord, help each and every person here, Lord, as we go forth, Lord, and may we just uh, think on thee. Lord, help our hearts, help these kids. Lord, may we just find somebody, Lord, to share the truth with this week. I pray for our pastor, Lord, as he's healing up. Lord, I pray you just uh, work a miracle, Lord, and just heal him up quick that we might see him next week. Lord, encourage him and strengthen him as I know thy will. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.